You tuned in to Relationship Factor, where we have authentic conversations about sex and relationships, moving you from problem to solution, from functional to exceptional relationships. I'm your host, Kingsley Moyo, a relationship and sex therapist. And my guest today is Amy Quist. Amy is a healer. Amy is an entrepreneur. Amy is part of the wellness community, a yoga teacher at uh, City and Soul and at Amy Wellness. Um, And in our conversation today, we're talking about discovery. How do you discover yourself while you're in a relationship? And how do you discover yourself when you're outside of a relationship? Really, how do you get to the ins and out of really identifying the things that need to be rooted out and sit with the pain of growth in a relationship in a healthy way and maybe in a way that allows you to sit with the pain? Join me for this conversation. There's always conversations around the fact that um, you need to learn yourself or learn yourself maybe that's not the term but there's always conversation around getting to know yourself uh, get to know yourself so that you can show up in a relationship and there's never really a conversation around getting to know yourself while you were in a relationship so today we're talking about self-discovery in and out of a relationship amy tell me what are we talk- what are we even talking about when we say self discovery in and out of a relationship uh, what what is that what does that look like let's, let's see what is that self discovery is so unique for each person and that's the beauty of it right is when you're working on discovering yourself you're peeling back all of these layers of this conditioning that society's put on you, these perceptions that you've taken on as your own, these masks that you've identified with in order to navigate this world. And all of these layers start to build up. And then over time, if you're not careful, you end up with this life that you might not even be yours. So when we start this journey of self-discovering, we're starting to peel back all of these layers and find out what's underneath it all who is the person behind the mask if you were to lose everything at any given point would you be happy with what is left over being that yourself and i think there's a huge benefit in being able to discover yourself separately as well as navigating that in a relationship when you can see your relationships as these reflections on yourself and so these reflections of the relationship that you have with other people as a reflection on the relationship you have with yourself the boundaries that you have and you hold for other people are the boundaries in some way or other that you are holding for yourself and if you don't get to know yourself then how do you know how to navigate these relationships with other people where you're not just doing what you think that that person wants from you instead of being your true authentic self yeah it's interesting the way you're putting it is um we come into relationships layered. There's multiple layers that I have. Uh, layer one layer maybe societal, one layer maybe family, one layer is pretty much maybe your high school days or maybe your first boyfriend days. Or so, so there's multiple layers, and before you realize that you're showing up in a relationship, and you don't even know who you are. I'm 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 particularly interested in the fact that. Um, one can actually do self-discovery while in a relationship. 
often we talk about get to know yourself get to know yourself before you show up in a relationship unpack that a little bit more for me amy self-discovery in a relationship and maybe a new concept for somebody else because tend to hear people say well we broke up because I, I just needed to discover myself what is self-discovery in the context of being in a relationship and being outside of a relationship what how is it different when you're in a relationship, you you have someone else holding space for you. Whereas when you're by yourself, you it's your space that you're navigating, and then you can have this ability to see how this, these people trigger you or mm. ways that they support you and provide you comfort. And if they're enabling you or if they're, you know, providing this again a mirror for you to take a look at. Okay. Are these my emotions that I'm experiencing right now? Or are these somebody else's emotions that I am taking on as my own? And really being able to differentiate between what is yours and what is not yours. And it's, it can be a tricky slope to navigate if, you know, there's that enmeshment of this energy of you and your partner, that it's a, we, we think this way, we handle things this way, instead of realizing, okay, we handle this way because I bring this to the table or they have this perspective and they can just provide that clarity, but it needs to be supported in both ways. You can't have someone who's doing the majority of the talking or giving the energy and then the other person's just following along because they don't understand who they are so it's it really depends on the space that both people are in within that relationship and how they're able to hold each other accountable for their own emotions it's interesting you mentioned that um are these your emotions or they belong to somebody else because we tend to mirror each other when we're in a relationship we you almost realize you're laughing at the same jokes um, you begin to like the same things, even the things that you didn't really like. And that could be really something around the fact that um, you're mirroring each other with these emotions. So when you are in a relationship, you're checking to see um, what is really me and really how does it contribute to this relation, the health of this relationship. And when you're outside of the relationship, it's really, it's really about you. <laughs> You're single. Now, should I be using the time when I am single as a preparation to go into a relationship? I definitely think that that's a good opportunity to do that. I like to see every relationship we have as preparing us for our next relationship. Not every relationship we have is meant to be long-term. Some of them are quite short-term, and that's okay. There's nothing yeah, wrong with that. Yeah, that's talk right there. Long, <laughs> some of them are short-term. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a hard one to sit with, because every time when you get into a relationship, you're thinking, yeah, this is it. And, and I, it comes into attachment, right? Like, are you looking for this relationship to fulfill something that is missing in yourself? Are you looking for someone to completely complete you because you feel like you are not whole or you are not adequate on your own? Or are you coming in as I am whole on my own and I'm looking for someone else to compliment me and support me as I develop into whoever it is that I am meant to become? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've always thought to myself, as you're talking about it right now, there's this idea that when you are single, you're preparing yourself to be in a relationship. What if you're single, you're just preparing yourself, period. 
I think we're always preparing ourselves when we're single or when we're not single. Some of us just avoid actually taking that look at ourselves and look to fill it in. If not with a relationship, then with some other vice, right? And there's some comfort that kind of comes from these relationships that prevent us from really taking hard looks at ourselves. When I know I have someone I can just go cuddle up to and I don't actually have to face why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling versus when it's just me. There's no one there to coddle me. There's no one there to provide these comforts to distract me from the things that are actually bothering me or triggering me. And then I have to ask, what is it that I'm actually looking for? Is it that I'm looking for, am I missing someone and I'm looking for them because there's these qualities of them that I admire? Or is it that I'm just missing having an intimacy with someone? And so instead, I'm just seeking that out with wherever I can find it. Yeah, that can get tricky because... When you are single, there's clarity. It's I'm all alone. I'm identifying some of the things that didn't work in my past relationship or the ones that worked. But when I'm in a relationship, I almost make self-discovery about the person as opposed to really about myself and in general about our system, the relationship itself. It, I, I, I'm, I wonder... Um, because self-discovery can can be kind of detrimental to the relationship. Once you start doing self-discovery, it means you grow. Doesn't that cause drift in a in a couple? Like you with somebody, and there you go, uh, and he starts doing self-discovery, or there you go, Kingsley starts doing self-discovery. Doesn't that cause a drift? Isn't that almost a setup for the relationship to fail? It definitely can, especially if one person is doing a lot more self-discovery than the other. And it will fluctuate. We're not always growing and discovering ourselves at the same rate. And so as long as there's a little bit of willingness to explore that on both ends and realizing that the person that you're seeing at one point is not going to be the same person that you're seeing in three, five, ten years plus, and then you you want that dynamic you want that growth it's organic when we don't see that it's just stagnancy and with stagnancy that's when i think the real trouble comes in within a relationship and i think it can almost be more detrimental to a relationship to have that stagnancy than to trust that the person you're growing with them and supporting them in that growth and you just want what's best for them and that they want what's best for you and if that means that that's each other then that's amazing that that's mutual but if that growth that you want to see for that person means that they have to go off on their own if you truly care about that person then that's what you're going to want for them regardless of how you feel about that and what your attachments are to the situation i hear that one a lot um um it's not it's not you it's me that's like a breakup tag like it's 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 not it's not you it's me drift how do we avoid actually drifting away from the other person in the mode or while i'm in the process of self-discovery because i would imagine self-discovery happens um consciously or subconsciously i change um I, i i tend to look at it in terms of uh jobs the same job you had when you were in when you were 15 can't be the same job that you have when you're 29. You you evolve and you grow. Uh, time changes, society changes, relationship changes, your education changes, your status changes, 
so subconsciously this change that happens there subconsciously and consciously how do we avoid self-discovery being detrimental to a relationship how do how do we uh, say i'm in a relationship i, I want to get into the self-discovery thing um there's a potential that we'll drift how do i avoid that being detrimental to the relationship like most advice you'll hear communication is always the huge one there right and i and even more important i think is being honest with yourself what is it that you're experiencing where is it things are shifting can you approach your partner with that and have a conversation is it open enough that you feel comfortable enough to explore that together and be like hey I'm starting to change the way I about some of my beliefs that some of my core values are starting to shift. Does that still resonate within our relationship? Is that something that you're okay with? Is that something that we can work through together? Is it do we get to the point where we're having to compromise too much or wow. is there this the, are these they're non-negotiables when it comes to your core values that they're very important they don't all need to line up but we need, you need to at least have the same idea of where those are going to take you within your partnership and your lane that's an interesting uh, way to pack it um, you end up compromising really your core values who you are in essence it means that it's not just even just communication it's checking in with the other person where are you on this issues cuz the same issues that you were passionate about 2020 has been an eye opener um 2021 has been an eye opener um starting off with the covid uh, black lives matter indigenous rights and over a whole lot of things have happened in there and i would imagine certain certain people or some people were confronted with things that they never really had to talk about as i have a conversation with somebody else who is really um beginning to rethink what it meant to be in public spaces be it church be it in uh clubs be it in a communal gathering why were they going there and they were beginning to assess that and their partner was at a different level and that was causing a little bit of some tension and so i would imagine if you wait for time to give you discovery it may be already too late you can't prepare for it i would agree with that 100% i give you your understanding that these thoughts are even starting to arise with someone and if you can't even have a conversation about it without it triggering an argument then how are you going to be able to navigate it right there's And so I think a lot of people are realizing not a lot of people but some people and it's not always both partners but sometimes just one partner asking questions about okay why why do am I a part of these groups why do I hang out with the people that I hang out with and that can cause rifts in relationships if one of the partners isn't ready to take that lens and evaluate things in that way maybe some of these relationships that have been holding on to have been actually detrimental to their growth but they're holding on to it because there's comfort there and there's familiarity and they're not really to let it go but then if you have one partner who's like I think I'm growing past these relationships or these connections which again is totally healthy and totally normal and it's kind of i think asking yourselves okay when I, when i am participating in these groups when i'm hanging out with these people what are the conversations like is it are we meeting up and we're talking about 
the past. We're talking about things that aren't really relevant anymore because that's the familiarity. Or are we challenging each other? Are we supporting each other in our growth, in our ambitions, and in our goals for the future? So there's pain in self-discovery, either、Absolutely. individually or、uh, when you are alone. And pain doesn't necessarily mean that you need to exit. No, there's a lot. There's a lot of wisdom in pain if we're willing to address it at face value. And life's not comfortable. And when we have that comfort, that means that you know something needs to shift because we're not growing anymore. And I think with the pain that comes from that is often this attachment that we have, whether it's an attachment to an identity, an attachment to a person.、Um, you've, all, you've all heard that cliche: attachment is the root of all suffering. Right,、mm-hmm. and so it's like you're holding on to something due to your expectations, or you're trying to avoid something, or you want to bring something in instead of just allowing things to progress organically and naturally. Yeah, unhealthy attachment is the root of all suffering. It's 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 real,、um, and sometimes when you are single, it allows you to look hindsight, but it also a Should push you to a space whereby to deal with the pain, just because you're dealing with that pain in, when you're single in self-discovery, it's not telling you to go into a relationship. <laughs> It may mean that just wrestle with that thing and just. And I think、walk. sometimes the pain comes from realizing that. Just taking responsibility for where you are and what it is and where you've ended up, and sometimes we don't want to admit our responsibility in the way we've harmed ourselves or set ourselves up to be taken advantage of or put ourselves in situations. And it's not always necessarily our fault. Again, there's the conditioning and the layers and the learning that we've done that have. Once time, these patterns have been safe for us, and they've provided us at least some for form of security. They worked, but yeah, were they necessarily they <laughs> the best option, or are they the best option moving forward as we learn to re-navigate the same situations? You'll find a cycle will often keep presenting itself, no matter how much self-growth you do. You can be like, okay. I feel like I've cleared this lesson. I'm on <laughs> to the next one, <laughs> but it'll come back just at a new level, and then you have to reevaluate. And I think a lot of people get caught up in that. They think, okay, I I should be past this already. I've learned yeah, and I grow,、yeah. and it's it's just there's pain in taking that responsibility, and it's kind of like ripping that bandaid off. It's like, okay,、yeah. do we want a lot of pain really fast, and we just get it over with? It can be defeating too, because if you say, "Well, you know, I thought I dealt with this stuff,、mm-hmm. now it's back again." Yeah, and then we push it off, and then it's it's not as painful, but it's prolonged, and it's this it's this dullness that starts to come in, and it actually starts to I find take away your energy, and you find that you start to lose that zest for life, you start to lose that wanting to explore because there's this. Thing that's sucking away your energy because you haven't faced it, even though in the back of your head or the back of your heart, it's you know it's there and you're just not ready to address it yet. So losing that zest is not necessarily a sign to exit. Losing that zest when you're single is not a sign that you need to find a relationship. You just need to sit with that pain.、Mm-hmm. You need to sit with that. It's growth. It's part of the process. 
there's, yeah, there's lessons there. And within my background and what I do, I find value in inviting in discomfort and then finding the comfort within that. Once you can understand that lesson, then you can start to apply it to whether it's a physical practice you're doing, uh, like yoga, where you're holding a posture and like, I don't want to be here It's uncomfortable, but then you, you burn through the resistance and you burn through that and you bring in this creative energy. And it's same when you're facing a problem. Well, I don't want to deal with this problem right now. So Mm -hmm. your mind wants to let it go. But if you sit with it and you just work through it, you burn through it faster and then you invite in creative energy to replace that resistance and you bring in more flow into the life so so it, in a relationship it could look like the way you used to deal with finances and part of self-discovery would be say you know what maybe i want to get out of debt and maybe your partner is not really into the debt game they're like uh, i will keep spending so that may be like self-discovery sitting with that uncomfortable conversation and rethinking that it doesn't mean that you should leave or you shouldn't leave or it, it may be around sex, um, whereby there's a discrepancy between the two of you, the self-discovery. What you liked is changing over time, and you haven't really sat down and confronted what you like now. It can be just career aspirations. So there's a whole lot of things that you can go into with this. Yeah, absolutely. And even with that, and you decide, hey, I want to change um, my debt. I want to change my sexual relationship with my partner, but they're not ready for it yet. That isn't necessarily like a, okay, time to dish my partner and find someone who's more aligned with me. It's giving them the time and the space. Obviously we don't want our partner not growing and just sitting in that stagnancy because that's not good for our health either, but we want to give them the space and the grace and the compassion to get them there on their own. So it's really a delicate, it's finding a balance and what works for you. We don't want to just ditch anything anytime it doesn't work because then we're never going to build, we're never going to grow these relationships. But at the same time, if a relationship's not willing to grow with you and you've sit with, you've sat with it and that you keep having the same fight over and over again with no resolution and once or twice a year, the same fight keeps coming up and nothing changes, then that might be a sign that something in the relationship isn't working anymore. And so if the partner's not willing to work through that with you, or if you guys keep trying and you get help and it's nothing's changing, that might be a sign that it's time to move on. I, For me and people I've talked to, I find usually you know deep down in your heart where things are leading and you often just don't want to admit it, whether it's because you're comfortable, <laughs> you're supported, um, whatever Can't it is. Can't be alone. <laughs> Can't be alone. Can't be alone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it becomes a little bit harder when you, if the relationship has, has been a long, long-term relationship, especially if it's beyond a three-year mark or four-year mark, to really think that, you know what, I have outgrown this relationship because you have been out of the dating game or you've been married for a long time. To even kind of think about the fact that, what do I even do? Do I even know what dating looks like? I've had conversation with different people, uh, counseling or otherwise, who talk about, you know what, I've been out of the dating game. I don't even know what dating apps look like. How do I even put a profile? How do I even posture myself? So it becomes strange. You know what, the pain of, of, of leaving becomes greater than the pain of staying and it keeps on flipping back and forth, the pain. And you, the person, now you feel like you're stuck. And what I when I've worked with clients, um, what I've found 
was really good advice was if there's a decision that's been weighing on your mind, it's because there's a decision to be made. And if it, so I recently ended, not recently, but within the last year, ended a long-term relationship and it was in the back of my mind. And then I was like, okay, we're making it work. Things are getting better. But then it would just fall back to the way it were. And it was just this decision that was just weighing on me and I avoided it. And I didn't like I didn't want to admit it because I was comfortable. There were a lot of ways where my relationship did support me and did compliment me. But then there were also some very key important ways that it wasn't holding up to what I wanted it to be. And I couldn't expect that from my partner because I had changed so much. And that just wasn't who he was. And that wasn't who I was anymore from when we had first started dating. And if I would have been honest with myself, then... I could have ended that relationship so much sooner. And I'm really on good, really good terms with my ex still, which seems to be a rare yeah. concept for a lot of people. But we've even, we went to a wedding together after our breakup and it was a road trip and we just chatted the whole time. And we, we both admitted, we're like, hey, this is probably when we could have broke up. This is probably when we could have broke up. So you guys and, were reciting when we could have broken up. That, yeah. That's growth though. That's growth. That's significant growth to be able to have that conversation um about looking on in hindsight is 2020 Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah a whole new meaning to that now (laughs) so so there's pain that comes with this which means there's a healing that has to happen how does one navigate the healing this is saying a relationship that has been long that much because whenever you decide to serve a relationship there's a wound that's left there it may be a wound for the better or better or worse, but there is a wound that's left. I would imagine when you separated from your ex, um, there was a wound because they were part of your life for however long Absolutely. That was. They so were in my life. How do you heal that? Because that, that? that's part of self-discovery, healing or other, as people say, picking up the broken pieces. No, they may be broken or not, but how do you heal that? I, it's different for everyone. I was, I'm very fortunate that me and my ex, we still get along. We're very reasonable. It was a very um, amicable breakup for the two of us. And so he's still in my life. And I know it, how traumatic it can be to have someone who is so important to you just to disappear and not have them in your life anymore. And so it really comes back to that, okay, those layers of the self, when we peel that back, if you were to lose everything, are you happy with what's left behind? All that be left behind is you. And that's why this journey of self-discovery is so important to begin with. And I had begun that discovery throughout my relationship so that when I did catch that point of separating it, there was, there was pain in it. There was sadness. There's always grief when there's loss. But I had done so much work to get to this point where I was, for the most part, happy with who I am and where I've gotten myself. There's always room for improvement. But when I was able to separate, I was able to be okay with being by myself. Being okay with being by yourself. Okay, so um, I want to get into self-discovery or somebody wants to get into self-discovery either alone or in a relationship. What, what do I even begin? What does that, what does that look like? Somebody may be saying, you know what, um, self-discovery, that's cool, yes, I'm getting it, I need it. But what do I begin? What does that, what does that look like? At the very simplest uh, expression of it is sitting with yourself. 
not distracting yourself with a screen, with going out with other people. It's just actually taking time to sit with yourself (laughs) and know how you feel. It's, it's taking responsibility for your own emotions. I think so many of us have some way or another been taught to not be responsible for our own emotions and put that weight on other people for causing us to react. Because ah, yeah, yeah, our, yeah. our so emotions... Start with owning your emotions. Yeah, our emotions are simply telling us how we feel given our internal and external environments. Our emotions are never necessarily wrong, right? How we respond to our emotions, that in itself, I think, is up for debate on what is wrong and right and the proper healthy way to handle that. But I see very often in relationships that, oh, they made me feel this way or they did this Ah, or they did that. And there's no really taking responsibility of, okay, well, what state were you in when they caused you? What was being triggered from your wounds that they are bringing up? And again, there is some responsibility for how we treat each other. But when someone's triggering you to an emotional response, you're the one who gets to decide how you react. Okay, is this this something this person normally does that you're not okay with? And maybe you either need to say something or create a boundary or some distance there. Is it you took something the wrong way and now you're overreacting to it? Are you projecting your emotions onto somebody else? That's where the self-discovery of that sitting with yourself and Tuning into your nervous system, a lot of it is nervous system response, right? So many people are walking around with their nervous systems on overdrive that they don't even know that they're stressed. Yeah. They don't even know how they're feeling. They're on flight to fight mode all the time. And so it, in order to have that self or that growth, that discovery within a relationship, you first need to be willing to do it on your own. To have it in the relationship, both people need to be at least willing to meet at some point in their own self-discovery journeys. And if you can bring those together, I think that's beautiful, whether you're going to classes and workshops together, whether you're sharing books or podcasts that you can discuss on topics of growth. There at least needs to be some communication on that connection where you don't have to agree on everything, but you can have a civilized conversation. You can explore it and someone can ask you a question. It doesn't necessarily mean that's what they believe. Maybe they're just trying to explore a concept. And there's especially with 2020 and a lot of the things that got triggered. I found there was so many people that you couldn't even try and not not necessarily devil's advocate like that's not even what I mean here but like try to okay well like why do you have those beliefs let's like let's just look at the other mm, side of it let's check in and see why but even asking the questions about the other side all of a sudden well now you support the other side uh, and I've yeah. seen that so much over the last two years that it's it's been painful and to see the rifts that that causes in relationships because people just can't even have discussions because they have the attachments to their beliefs. And there's a little bit of a cognitive dissonance that prevents them from exploring that because once you start to question why you believe things, it doesn't stop at that one belief. You start to question everything. It's a ripple effect. Yeah, you, you mentioned something interesting. Uh, we have attachments to our belief. And we are choosing not to serve that attachment because we feel like it's actually a knife to our throat. We're cutting ourselves. Therefore, we choose to leave those beliefs, even though they're not even functioning or serving us well. And we're really stuck with some outdated and dysfunctional beliefs. 2020 kind of challenged a whole lot of those things. 
Absolutely. So, sit, so, so as you're going through the journey, you want to um, sit with your emotions. Start there. Um, ask yourself. Be take some time to deal with those emotions and really be check in and say, why am I feeling angry about this? Why am I feeling excited about this? Resentment may be one of the things that you will see in the context of a relationship, which means that something needs to happen. A conversation needs to be had. And I guess if you are single um, and you are in that space whereby you're either looking or you're not dating yet, it's also good to check in. An emotion that you could be checking in is, why do I need a man? Why do I need a girl? Is it because I'm thirsty or is it because I want companionship or is it because I want friendship or what is it exactly that I need? And if I get that, will it fulfill me or it's going to be like, nah, it didn't. And then you move on to the next one and you become a serial person moving mm -hmm. on to the next, to the next, to the next without realizing and sitting with it. And I think you described it perfectly there. Like so many people don't even know what they want or what they need. They're just looking for someone to tell them and fill it in. And they haven't done that work to unravel. Okay, why do I want this? What needs being fulfilled? What need am I missing that I've not been able to fulfill on my own? We are meant, we are not meant to be on our own because we are social creatures. It, right. This life is so much easier when we have the support of our community around us. But that doesn't take away the value that there is in unraveling on what it is that who we are, what it is we want, what's underneath all of these layers of ourselves. Just reflecting here as a woman, what are some things that um, um, you think women should know? Uh, um, um, three things that we should know about women and self-discovery and hopefully men would understand. So you sit in there taking the position of being a female, and you say, uh, girls, think about this in self-discovery. And guys, I wish you understood this. What open, open my mind here. What is it that, what are the two sides like when I start the process of self-discovery? I think recognizing that space can be a good thing. Space can be a good thing, but I want to hug you. I want to go to the movies. <laughs> I want to have you over I mean, like when you're in conflict with someone and, you know, and you just want to get to the root of it right now, some people need their space to sort through their emotions. And I've seen where some people, they'll come out like, no, like, let's solve this now. Like, you can't like just yeah, walk away yeah, from this. Yeah. And it can be, especially if people have some trauma that can be triggered and then they're just, you know, giving the responses that people want to hear. Whereas if you give someone space to sort through their, their own emotions and sort through how they feel, that they can come back to you with a clear head. And often people see this need for space as, oh, they're mad at me. They don't want me around anymore. Uh, they don't love me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so I personally <laughs> value my space because I need time to sort through my emotions, collect my thoughts, and be able to present them in a clear, collected manner. And then one of the biggest things for me, and I think actually for most people, is the value of someone who's willing just to simply listen. Mm. <laughs> not just giving advice, not playing devil's advocate, not you know telling someone what you think they want to hear, just simply listening, get, holding space for them to sort through whatever it is that they're working on, whatever it is that they need to vent without trying to solve their problem for them 
Because yeah. when someone comes to us and they have a problem, we don't, we don't like seeing the people we care about struggle, right? So we want to like, fix it for them. But most people are just looking for someone to hold, them spa hold the space for them while they collect their thoughts. And there's value in just getting it out and talking to someone. This is the value of therapy most of the time, right? Is just talking it out, talking it through. And unless someone's asking you for your advice, asking you for your opinion, then it might not always be warranted. And if you're unsure, just ask. Ask what they want from you. Okay, I see that you're having a hard time and struggling. Do you just want me to listen and just hold space for you? Or are you looking for my opinion? Are you looking for perspective? Like, what is it that I can offer you in this space? There's depth in that, in asking those questions. What do you need? Do you need my perspective? Do you want me to just listen? Because sometimes we tend to jump in without even asking what the individual, the person needs. You just want to jump in and just fix it because you're seeing the person in pain. But asking those profound questions, what do you need? Do you want me to, do you want my perspective? Do you want me to listen? Um, where are you checking in? I think that's... And I, to me, that tells me that you're trying to understand them, right? And if someone's just jumping in and just telling you what they think you can often feel as if they don't they I didn't actually hear you yeah. or they don't you, you feel misunderstood right and I think that was a big lesson also for 2020 is how much we misunderstand each other right. because we're jumping forward with these opinions with these solutions that people aren't necessarily asking for at that time yeah 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 this 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 significant um, depth in that so I'm guessing, is that for the man to say sometimes, y'all got to just chill and just listen, just check in, don't <laughs> <Yes>. fix things? <laughs> yeah, I think just in a generalization, that male, masculine, logical mind, right? Solution orientated, step A to B to C, whereas the with women generally we are expressive and we just want to express ourselves and be heard and have those outlets. And so when someone's coming in and they're just giving you your, their logical mind when you're with the emotions, emotions aren't always logical. Sure, you can apply logic to your emotions, but how you feel is how you feel. And so that, being, that feeling heard, that feeling understood doesn't necessarily come from logic. <laughs> Sometimes it means just even just listening and giving a hug and that would have been it. absolutely that's what just i'm yeah. here for you if you would need anything yeah yeah amy i i know we can go on and on and talk about this there's a whole lot of stuff that one can discover in and out of a relationship um i know you're doing some stuff um um tell me what are you up to what's going on for you what is your world like so I am in the wellness community. I teach yoga, but yoga is a very small portion of what I do. I do energetic healings, Reiki, as well as spiritual consultations. So anyone who's just looking for spiritual wellness, connecting back to themselves, that journey of self-discovery, I provide space and support where people can come in and be heard and be understood and have that space to help process. And then my favorite is always tying it up with the energetic healing because it's you know, people be, you'd be surprised on how much your energy tells you about what it is that you're holding on to. The physical, the mental, the emotional, it's all related. All of these aspects hold space somewhere within our field. And you can find me. I like to hang out on Instagram. I am amy.aligns. 
and that's where I share most of my content. That's where you can find more information about me and in any interest in my services, whether virtual or in person, if you're in the Edmonton area. Amy, you're an entrepreneur. I am. You are an entrepreneur. Tell us about that too. So I have two businesses. I have my personal business with the wellness services I offer. And then as well as I own a co-own a collective co-working space dedicated to wellness practitioners. And it's mostly just about building community, offering a space where people who want to help other people heal can come together, feel supported, build each other up, collaborate, as well as providing a space for the people who want to come and receive the healing and check out all of these different modalities in one space. And being an entrepreneur on itself is a whole another journey of self-discovery <laughs> right there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Amy. As always, uh, we encourage you to follow our podcast. Yo, if you go to Apple Podcasts, we, we like five-star reviews. Just go ahead and drop in a five-star review. And if you have any questions, go ahead and check out the podcast at uh, lifecollectivecounseling.com slash podcast. There's many more episodes that are out there. We would like to connect with you. Uh, if you need some relationship and sex therapy counseling, come check us out. Amy, it was good hanging out with you. Uh, thank you so much for uh, showing up on the Relationship Factor podcast. Good night. Take care. Mm-hmm.